What's up, everybody? Welcome to an all-new episode of All About the Birds, the flagship show on our network, The Weekly Report. We are brought to you and sponsored by Hemp Bombs, hempbombs.com, promo code AATBIRDS for 20% off your first and next purchase for a premium CBD products on their website. Great products. I use it every day. Welcome to the show, everybody. I am joined. We are the Fantastic Four. I am Mr. Fantastic. I really thought about who each person was. So we're going to call Jeff the Invisible Man, not the Invisible Woman. We'll call him the Invisible Man. We'll go with the thing, Johnny Uleka and the Human Torch, Chip Keggy. I think that all works for me. Um, sure. Welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome to the show, guys. Hope we're all doing well tonight. Doing doing peachy keen, Phil. How are you? I, I'm fantastic. You know, free yeah. agency is kicked into high gear finally. It has. It has. Round How you doing? What's that? Second round of free agency. Second round of free agency. Third round. Whatever the hell it is. So, question. What's that, Jeff? It's all the same BS. Yeah, it's all the same. So, the question of the week. Are the Eagles the feast of the East by doing the least? I had to practice that line a hundred <laughs> times to make sure I didn't mess that one up. Are the Eagles the feast of the East by doing the least? So the question is, have the Eagles done enough? You know, they finally made some moves. We got safety Anthony Harris. That is the, the big move, in my opinion. 
But then you've also got Joe Flacco. You got Andrew Adams. Bring him back, Hassan Ridgeway. So, Johnny, I'll start with you. These moves that the Eagles have made in the past six days or so since we've last been on the air, thoughts on them? Well, the first one is, of course, like you said, the Anthony Anthony Harris addition, I feel, is very underrated um, because of the type of player that he is and what he's going to bring to the defense and what they got him for. Um, I feel like that's the biggest move of that. And I understand that moves aren't what people think. They're not out spending money. But again, you go out and spend money doesn't mean you're you're making your team any better. They're they're waiting in the weeds, like I like I've, I've been saying. They're waiting in the weeds. They're just analyzing everything. But Anthony Harris is the move. I know the rest of them, and the Joe Flacco. Everyone likes the the quarterback. Everyone always goes up in arms with quarterbacks, but the Anthony Harris move is by far the biggest move, and I feel like it's going to be one of the best moves of free agency in general. So Anthony Harris, I think, instantly slots in as our starting safety, you know, opposite of Rodney McLeod. But Jeff, you know, if you look at Anthony Harris's stats from 2019 to 2020, two totally different numbers. Now, I got an opinion on that, but I want to ask you, what kind of a player are we getting? Are we getting the 2019? Are we getting the 2020 guy? Are we getting something in between? What do you think of Anthony Harris and what we're getting? I think you can't look at last year's stats that he didn't live up to the hype from the year before just because that Vikings defense was bad all around. Good point. I wanted to make sure someone brought that up. Oh, I was Mm -hmm. everyone wants to look at stats. I understand stats are a pivotal part of people judging a player's athleticism and whether they can play the game or not. I would say if you want to look at a stat, the dude had over 100 tackles last year, which is a bad thing for the Vikings because obviously they were giving up a lot of uh, big plays that went into the uh, into the safety zone uh, that he would have to go out there and make a play. But that that's the one positive thing, especially something that we have been lacking, at least in our secondary, is we don't have that sure tackler. And Anthony Harris brings that versatility, and he's a well-rounded safety. He's a guy that's a ball hawk and can create turnovers, as he uh, did a couple years ago, uh, where he led the uh, NFL in interceptions. And he's also a guy that they can bring up in the box, blitz, and t- he's a sure tackler. So he he's, and he knows the system. He's he's worked, uh, I believe, under Gannon before. So 2015 uh, to 17. Yeah, so he is familiar with the scheme. He knows what it takes, and I feel he's going to excel. He's obviously an upgrade over what we already have. We don't with Rodney McLeod. We don't know if he's going to be starting the season on the pup list or not. Uh, obviously, we only have Kayvon Wallace, and they signed Andrew Adams, who's a special teamer. So right there and then, I'll say he helps solidify that safety position a little bit, and doesn't force the Eagles to reach too high in the draft on a safety. In my opinion, and he provides that veteran leadership. Uh, that this uh, secondary core is lacking. Yeah, you brought up a key thing. I wanted to make sure someone brought up. Yeah, yeah, he didn't have the six interceptions like he did in 2019, but he led the Vikings in tackles. And yes, just like you said, that says a lot about the Vikings' defense. You know, the interceptions might just not have been there last year for him, and it's not good when your safety is leading your team in in tackles. It's not. What's up, John? No, it's, it's that last line of defense, absolutely. But the thing is, with the Vikings, what you what you brought up, you have to look at the defensive line of the Vikings. Yeah, they had Yannick Ngakwe. They traded him away. De- Daniil Hunter got hurt. He wasn't there. Everson Griffin signed with the Cowboys last year. He wasn't there. Michael Pierce, their top free agent signee, <laughs> opted out. So right there, it just gives you a, a chunk of that defensive line that didn't have the pass rush that they had the previous year in 2019. When you had a pat, when you have a pass rush, 
there's more opportunity in terms of when somebody's in the face of a quarterback for them to be able to make more plays. But him having to come downhill more because the defensive line wasn't very good and the and players were getting through the hole and stuff like that. But that's, to me, I think a lot of people look too much in the numbers and don't look at a lot of the other facets. Yeah, and I think the one thing that we you kind of were already mentioning is the idea of, you know, Anthony Harris led the – the Vikings in tackles. So, all right. So now we're trying, because we have the new coaching staff, we're trying to piece together, well, what's the scheme going to be? What's the focus is going to be? So you look at Anthony Harris. He may not be a flashy defensive safety, but he's a sure-handed tackler. Okay. Look at some of the other names that are coming through of defensive players are trying to bring in. They're trying to bring in uh, Neville Hewitt, who led the Jets in tackles. So it seems... Right. So it seems like, and you've heard Sirianni say this, we're going to be good at the basic football things. And from there we can build. So we're not going for these players that are just trying to make the big pops. You know, you're, you're Asante Samuels and you're, you're, you're people who just go flying in missing tackles. You've got sure handed tacklers and that's going to be a fundamental part of this defense. And if that's the case, you look at a player like Singleton, Alex Singleton would thrive in a defense like that because he's already good at making tackles. He's got to work on the blitzing aspect, but if the other players around him are so, yeah, that's what I meant. And the coverage, if the other players around him though, are fundamentally sound, it's only going to make a player like Singleton better. So look for more of these names to come through. Maybe it makes Nathan Gary better then. Oh, well, no, I'm no. Just I'm just kidding. All right, so, yeah. you, know, let, let, you know, Anthony you know, Harris, and again, someone commented about his presser. He seems excited to be here. He, he does. signed for one year, $5 million. So it's definitely a prove it kind of deal. He obviously seems excited to be here. You know, maybe he stays longer if he performs well. I think that, you know, the reason why he was still on the market for so cheap is because he made so much money the year before, and everyone's just so focused on that six interceptions to zero interceptions. I think it could be one of the steals of free agency, at least uh-huh. in the NFC East. And we're going to get into the NFC East, you know, later Oof. in the show, but you know, is it a steal at 5 million or is it a, a sign that maybe we didn't get as good of a player as we think? I, I think it's, I personally think it's just a good deal. You see so many, and we talked about this last week. You're looking at all these one year deals because of the way the salary cap is set up. So you're looking at so many prove-it deals. Getting him at $5 million, he's going in, he's going to ball out as much as possible, and he's going to try and get that bigger-term contract based off of this one-year five. He's betting on himself. That's smart. That bodes well for us. All right, so the next next safety, the next move that the Eagles made was another safety. Uh, Now, I guess in my opinion – our top four safeties on our, as Mike brings up, our 53-man roster are McLeod, Harris, probably Kayvon Wallace, and mm-hmm. Andrew Adams, you know, who's Marcus a special Epps. teamers, you know, for the most part. But he has played significant minutes and significant steps in the past. He was just a special teamers on the Super Bowl champs last year. Um, do we like or dislike Andrew Adams one year, about $1.12 million? Johnny. I think it's to me. It's it fills the Rudy Ford role. I understand he played. Yes. He, he has started before. Um, his first career interception, I think, was against Carson Wentz when he played for the Giants. It was. But um, he he started with a bad Giants team. Um, so I wouldn't really say he's a starting caliber guy. But 
he, no. he he has shown you that if need be, he can take some snaps back there. But he's that Rudy Ford role, the special team demon type of player. That's what he's going to fill uh, for this team, which is fine because he's a veteran, a veteran that plays very well on special teams. Chip? Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. He's he's not a flashy signing um, by any means. Uh, he, he does, just like Johnny said, fill the Rudy Ford role. Um, you're, you're providing depth. Look, you lost two safeties this offseason. You lost Jalen Mills and Rudy Ford. So what did they do? They replaced them with two safeties. I mean, it's just – and they, they did – And back to Johnny a, for a second. Wouldn't you – I know you do your draft show. We don't want to get deep into the draft, but there's better cornerbacks at the top end of this draft than there are safeties, correct? You've got the – you know, the, the Patrick Sertans, the Farleys, you got better if they were to go defense in the top 10 or 12, you know, portion of the first round, there's better cornerbacks and safeties. Yeah, you're going to have maybe one safety in the first, I think, but usually it's two, mm-hmm. three, four round. That's where the safety crop is going to be in exactly. the draft. And I think it's really important to say, be, we, we – Look, we keep talking about how with, with Jalen Hurts, we have a four-game sample size, so we don't know what we have with him. Mm-hmm. We have an even smaller sample size with Kayvon Wallace. Absolutely. You drafted him very high last year, or high enough where in the second season, now he's got to be an impact player. Now, as you start to see the Jalen Mills being pulled out of the system, the Rudy Fords, now there's a spot for Kayvon Wallace. And you've got guys in Andrew Adams and Anthony Harris on one-year deals. Kayvon Wallace – is an affordable player for at least another couple of seasons. Let's see what he's got. Jeff, anything on Adams? Or I mean, we also have one other defensive signing. They did bring back Hassan Ridgeway to add more defensive <laughs> line depth. You know, he's also played with Sirianni and Gannon before. Um, any other thoughts on these defensive moves that they've made? No, not really. Uh, these are guys that you uh, expected that they were going to retain with Ridgeway and the type of moves that you were going to get with Adams. Uh, they, they had to make another uh, move, which I'm glad they did with Harris. And like we brought before, this Harris signing, I would say they got for, for a steal. Of, of, of the fact that we had a veteran starting safety in this league that has success and we were able to get him on the cheapo, uh, it, it, kudos to Howie Roseman for making that deal. Granted, uh, if he pans out, he's going to want that big contract at the end of the next season, which are you willing to pay almost a 30-year-old safety a big lucrative deal, which we'll get to later on. But right now, let's focus on 2021. And right now, the Eagles are not making a lot of moves, but right now I feel they're making smart moves uh, to build around this roster. Well, smart so Phil, move. Phil oh, just yep. wrote that down, Jeff, by the way. He wrote that. You said yeah. Howie Roseman. Is yeah. Made I said kudos. I wrote to you, you saw that, John, Johnny? Yeah, I, saw I wrote that. kudos to Howie Roseman. Jeff said it. All my people. Right. <laughs> and you know, I, so I, I, I agree. They're making smart moves that they can afford. They're not breaking yeah. the bank because the bank is already broken. And they have to still field a 53-man roster. And the way the Eagles do things, they have to field a 75-man roster and a 106-man roster because we know that 106-man is going to be expected to make the Pro Bowl by the week 14. So the, I, I keep bringing back the Kayvon Wallace thing. You know, Porkman88, which, by the way, just just great name. Um, <laughs> love it. <laughs> love it. Great fucking name. Love it. Um, Kayvon Wallace, look, I, I – Way back in the day, I graded that when I did my grading the 2020 draft class way too early. I graded the pick at a fourth round. You got a safety from Clemson, that hybrid linebacker safety spot that Jenkins was supposed to be, but then you know Jenkins moved on. 
I really like Kayvon Wallace, and I want to see him develop. And with a young coaching staff that wants to develop players, let's see what this kid has. It's not being pigeonholed into what Jim Schwartz wanted. It is, let's see what he does and make him successful. I think he's going to have a breakout season. I really do. Hey, I picked I picked Kayvon Wallace to be the defensive rookie of the year for the Eagles last year. You know, that's how high I was on Kayvon Wallace. But transitioning to the other side of the ball, um, on the offense, the Eagles have made one signing. We've mentioned it already. Quarterback, Back quarterbacks. No <laughs> so this, this is a big court. This is a big signing, not because it's Joe Flacco, but because I think it tells more about the direction in 2021 that the Eagles are going to take. Now we got a lot to break down with Philly's own Joe Big. Never mind. I'm not going to say it. Um, say it. No, nope, not it. say it. I will not say, say his it. nickname. Um, I never said the Nick Foles nickname either. Just so you know. But he signed a one-year, $3.5 million. I see you highlighting it on my sheet over here. <laughs> I see it. I see it. Ha, ha, ha. Um, one-year, $3.5 million for Joe Flacco. It's a, it, it seems like a lot of money for a, a, sec, a, a quarterback, too. Well, but it's maybe it's not. Too. I'm sorry? It's guaranteed. It so is guaranteed. He's got $4 million more in incentives. It could yeah, become right. a $7.5 million deal. So, Jeff, we'll start with you this time. Joe Flacco is now the quarterback, too, here. Like it? Dislike it? Or are you eh on it? Look, I I, I, I like the move. The, uh, the fact that you were able to get a quality veteran backup to, uh, come in here and be, fill in that mentor role uh, for Jalen Hurts, a guy that has winning experience uh, in this league and is a former Super Bowl MVP, uh, it, 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 it gives you a little bit of uh, – I don't, I don't know the word off the top of my head I'm thinking of, but uh, he, he comes in here. He's not going to be a guy that's going to really, I feel, compete for Hurts' uh, job. And it kind of solidifies that report that uh, Lurie was telling management that they need to get pieces around Jalen Hurts. And by getting a yeah, and by getting a veteran quarterback like Joe, Joe Flacco, who is on the tail end of his career at 38 years old, uh, he's not a guy that I feel is going to come in here and unless Jalen flames out or is a guy or he gets hurt, he's not a guy that's going to come in here and start. As much as Flacco wants to start, I feel he knows his role. Otherwise, he wouldn't, I feel, come on the team. But I'm okay with the move. The only thing I'm a little bit discouraged about is the little bit of the salary. In my opinion, it's a little bit high for a guy that only made $1.5 million last year with the Jets. Uh, but... Hey, they, they got a veteran starter. If Maybe if they could have bumped it a little bit higher, they might have been able to get Brissett, but that's here or there. Oh, I, I do want to touch on that. So the $1.5 he made with the Jets last year, he was coming off neck surgery yeah. last year. But so he wasn't going to get that big sack of money. If you see the Brissett money, the, the Tyrone yeah. Taylor money, you see the money that's being thrown at quarterback twos or potential quarterback one-two combos. There's a lot of money being thrown at those quarterbacks, very mediocre quarterbacks this offseason. Um, so I think the $3.5 million is a little bit better than people think. And I don't know who's playing around with the shared screen it's right me, now. It's me because I want to I, I point this out. So okay, once again, this is the Philadelphia Eagles doing things with the backup quarterback to rile up our fan base, right? I so can't Joe, Flacco was si- Joe Flacco was signed. And what does it say on the Philadelphia Eagles website? Joe Flacco added for competition. For and competition. This is on the Philadelphia Eagles website. Philadelphia Eagles website. 
It's from Spadero. But it doesn't matter. Again, that's on the Philadelphia Eagles website. If you're going to have – and look, unlike what we are coming off of, Jalen Hurts is okay with, you know, words like competition being thrown around. That doesn't bug him. He, that's he, He's a little more resilient than previous quarterbacks that have started for the Eagles. What is upsetting is you're coming, you're looking at a fan base that is already divided because half are, have their hearts in Indianapolis, half want to draft a quarterback at six, half want to trade the farm for Deshaun Watson, half want you. So why feed into that? When you look at every other posting on this Eagles website, it's they add this player, they add this player, they add this player, and that's it. They agree to terms, they agree to terms. But with Joe Flacco in the backup quarterback position, it's added for competition. It's unnecessary. Really quick, I want to go back to Porkman's comment here. He rathers Joe Joe Flacco than RG3, Alex Smith, Colt McCoy. Obviously, everybody knows my anybody that watches this show knows I would prefer Alex Smith over over you know Randall Cunningham right now. Anybody. I love Alex Smith. Everybody knows that. So Johnny, are you happy with Joe Flacco over the other options that are available right now? I I, I like the deal. I understand people get all up in arms, but who would you rather have? Those names that are named there, plus Geno Smith, Chase Daniel, Brian Hoyer, yep. Matt Barkley, Nick Mullins. You know, you get a veteran there. You, I understand that Alex he Smith. Played, my my only and now I, even like, taking my love of Alex Smith out of it. I don't know. I think Alex Smith at least has more of the scrambling ability to at least semi mimic the offense. Does he though? Because yeah. he, he, I'm really worried about him leg. his leg. It, it was his whole first time playing is, football in almost two years. Yeah, but that calf injury that he had, you know, it's. I I don't know. I like I said I think Flacco signing is a good signing. I think people get a little too up in arms uh, with the the money that's thrown, and they. Mm-hmm. Yes, three and a half million dollars. Yes, it's guaranteed. But again, you're getting a proven veteran backup quarterback. And yes. I understand it says on that point, though. I don't know if it was Jeff or Chip that said it. You know, you got somebody to be a mentor to Jalen Hurts. Now, there's a lot of stories going around that Joe Flacco is not the mentoring type. Now, then there's counter stories saying he did a little bit better of a job with that with the Jets last year. But honestly, well, he also you know, over is the he last, a mentor or not? He also felt the last two seasons he could still play football. He still felt he was a starter in this league. And obviously, okay. obviously he felt going into free agency this year that he knows his role. And at least from my opinion, that he knows that he wasn't getting those starting job opportunities from other teams uh, to be a starter in this league uh, anymore. That I was, He's going to have to work his way back up to being a star by either being a backup, someone gets hurt or replacing them if they, if based off poor performance. And I think he feels here, Philadelphia, he's going to go into the season as that backup role. Don't get me, don't get me wrong. He, Joe, Joe cool is a competitor and he's still going to go out there and practice his best every single day out there. But he knows his role at this point until Sirianni tells him, Hey, hurts is struggling or is hurt. You go in there. That's my take. And, 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 I, and I agree the, with that. Hold on. He did not use the nickname I, I was hoping. He called him Joe Cool. He didn't call him. I was going to use the other one. No. <laughs> no, Sorry, and, I, and I agree with that. If you look at – so take a look at the Chicago Bears job, right? Andy Dalton went there, and when asked, he went, I was told that I'm going to be the starter. There is no question I am the starter. The Chicago Bears Twitter today said QB – like, he's the starter. 
Joe Flacco did not have that kind of talk around him. And there was, to what I was following, not a lot of nibbles or visits for Joe Flacco around the NFL. So once again, you look back at the one-year prove-it deal. Either he's going to get in and play and see that his career is really toast, or he's going to go in and play and show that his career is still great, or he's going to go in and or not go in at all and just have a good reputation as a good teammate. Well, here's the thing with Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco was needed last year. Now, if the Eagles say the Eagles surprise us and are four and two or four and three to start the year, Jalen Hurts gets hurt and goes down for a two or three week stretch. What was Joe Flacco's record as a starter last year with the Jets? Oh and four. Oh and four. Yeah, but it's the Jets. So and that, I know I know the Jets were Jets a bad are garbage, team. bro. They were garbage. They but were there real are bad. That'll say the Eagles are garbage right now. They are. What's what's the, the question of the day? Are the Eagles the feast of the East by doing the least? You know what I mean? I, so, I really enjoyed giving that, that question, by the way. Yeah, I, I mean, really I enjoyed really giving that to you. You can tell it rolls off the tongue. <laughs> I said it about 400 times. So, yeah. I so, did. I, I, mean, I enjoyed that. Don't forget, like, are you more confident? What did Alex Smith do when he came in when they benched, you know, Dwayne Haskins? He led that team to the playoffs. Right. So, but think about Flacco, it. But the the Washington football team. Win. But remember, the Washington football team was a fundamentally better team because you even saw Taylor Heineke have success with that team. That's so funny. it didn't really matter who the quarterback was of the football team. But are we a, a, a Because team? Exactly. Porkman, man, Porkman is yeah. – I agree. Porkman, I don't know who is. He's new to this show, but I, lo- I love his comments. But the Jets were just a bad football team. The Eagles currently are a terrible football team. Okay. Now – I don't think that Joe Flacco makes – if we get to the point where Joe Flacco has to play, the season's already gone. Joe Flacco is not rejuvenating this team. You he could have gotten a better backup. If you're going to spend $3.5 million with $4 million and more incentives, you could have spent $5 million and gotten percent. But so, if you do spend that extra money you and could have gotten do four and half force and, and gotten Alex Smith. I'm, I'm just but saying – Remember, if you put a better – but if you put a better backup in this team right now – you are fueling this fire. So you that's have not to really true. If you give another quarterback the money and tell them up front what their expectations are, then they if they sign the dotted line, then they know what they're coming into. The thing is, this this is a 36-year-old quarterback who's had neck surgery. Yeah. It's not like it's a 30-year-old. Plus, I want to get to this question real quick. Uh, we, I, 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 I got to segue into that. Hold, hold off. I was holding yeah. off on the question. Back off of it. Talk off about it. something else. Let me let, let me I got it. Don't you Wait, worry. I didn't, I didn't so Johnny, finish your, point. finish your finish point. Finish your point and then this. we will transition into that. But no, like he's 36 36 years old. So it, it's not like he's coming in to be the guy for the future. He's not coming in to be your franchise. It's 36-year-old quarterback coming off of an injury. He's there to be the backup. If he's needed, that's why there's also incentives in his contract as well. The 4 million incentives is if he happens to play then, okay, yeah, maybe $7.5 million, depending on how much he plays in case there's an injury. Right. I want to I talk about this comment. Leave that comment up because that's a big point. What I am most excited for with the fact that they have now solved the backup quarterback issue, right, the backup quarterback issue. I'm not saying that they're not still going to bet the farm and trade Hurts to the Texans for Deshaun Watson. I'm not saying they're not going to draft a quarterback at six. What I'm saying is the backup quarterback issue of – Let's bring Nick Foles back again. That is not on the table anymore. That is a done deal. I Look, again, I've said this before. Love Nick Foles. I don't want him back here. It's too much drama. At least with Joe Flacco, like Johnny just said, 
36-year-old quarterback. He's not the long-term face of the franchise. He is a one-year stopgap solution if needed. And Jason, you know, my, my fairway to heaven co-host brings up a great point here. As a Lions fan, you know, you don't worry about your backup quarterback. If your quarterback goes down, you're screwed anyway. It's, it's another great point. And, you know, this is a good point by Aaron Mack. You know, you know, you know, Flacco it solidifies the idea of the quarterback factory. So can we all agree that this signing of Joe Flacco eliminates the Eagles from taking a quarterback in the top not, – I'm not even saying the first round – in the top portion of the draft? This solidifies Jalen Hurts' quarterback run, correct or incorrect? I believe so. I think so. I agree. I think I think it eliminates. I, I think it does. Doubt. I think. Look, I, I think Dan Orlovsky said it best this week on uh, Get Up or whatever show he's on. He said, "Look, whatever. you have Jalen Hurts super cheap for the next couple of seasons, right? This is a bad Eagles team. Give him this year. You're going to have either him be really successful, and then you know you've got the quarterback of the future, mm-hmm. or him be really bad, and you know you don't have the quarterback of the future, and you get the draft high next year. It is a win-win situation to let Jalen Hurts and see what he has this upcoming season. So make the smart move. Transitions, Johnny, into the post you wanted to pull up, but wait, we had to hold off for a second. This question here, you know, which first off, Mr. Seaway Science, he's a fan of the show. He's a fan of Chips and Dish. He's been on Chips and Dish. Chip, doesn't he have an award he's up for? Why, yes, he does. So Don Conway is up in all of North America. There's like 32 teachers, one from each uh, franchise, I believe, and Don Conway is up as our Flyers representative to win $10,000 to our students. He's a teacher at my school. Um, I'm not joking. It's two clicks. You click on this link. You find Don Conway and you click it. You can vote once a day for the month of March. It's ending pretty soon. Please get your votes in. This dude rocks and it's right. Flyers win. And Carter Hart endorsed him this week. Like, come I on. Yeah, come on. That's fantastic. So let's bring up his question. Johnny, as the draft expert. Where I mean, they're going to need a third-string quarterback. They are the quarterback factory, as a few other people are oh. there. They're the quarterback factory. They are. They even tried to turn a tight end into a quarterback. I'm just There's kidding. a recall. There's but, a recall. Donnie, do you have any quarterbacks that you think in the fifth, sixth, seventh round that they might try to attack and, and get that at least has the potential to be that third stringer for a year or two and then turn into the second stringer down the line? So my guy that I would like, I'm like – I talked about him multiple times. I posted about him multiple times from Wake Forest. He transferred to Georgia, didn't play last year. Jamie Newman. He's my number one guy that I would draft this year. I just, for some reason, I don't know. Watching but where, where's his really draft like, projection going to put him? He could be anywhere between four or five. It really all depends. It's, yeah, you're it, not, it, I don't, don't really want to see him draft the first that early. So we got a couple other names here. We got Shane Bouchelle. We got Davis Mills. Kellen Mond. We got got a yeah. couple of our names chiming in here. Any of these also, guys, sixth, seventh round graded guys that we might be able to get? Mon probably possibly is earlier. Uh, Mills, I don't know any of those guys are. And Bouchelle, yes. And then also Felipe Franks, who was at Arkansas, is probably like sixth, seventh round guy. Um, those guys could be uh, those, you know, um, the third stringer for you. But I, I want Jamie Newman. That's just that's just my is okay. is. Situation though, Johnny, and again, you're you're our draft guy, so I, I really do like to pick your brain on this a little bit. Is this a situation where yes, we have all the picks that we do, but you just snag an undrafted free agent, you just just snag one of those guys because 
look, you know you're one, you know you're two. If you get to three, your season's really toast. This isn't a Sudfeld situation. I mean, I don't – I think that as far as the Eagles and their cap goes, that's a position that we can't really invest a ton of money in right now because there are so many other holes on the team. Well, you have 11 draft picks, so right. you probably can draft one late and you probably can get an undrafted guy because you also have practice squad as well. That's what I'm saying, right? right. You might see two cheap guys come onto the team then. Yeah, exactly. But so. what you're saying is under no circumstances like a fifth-round Clayton Thorson-type pick reasonable in this situation. Honestly, or do you see on, that? It all depends. If it's a Clayton Thorson type of player, no. But if it's if it's a certain guy, yeah. Like, <laughs> I see what you did Thorson, there. Clayton Thorson should never been drafted. So, but yeah, I, I think they could they could definitely pick somebody, and they could pick someone in the fifth round. I know Phil may not like that idea, but it's possible. I don't like a lot of ideas, so hey, it's okay. All right, yeah, we know. All right, let's, let's, let's wrap this segment up. Jeff, I'm going to pose a question to you, then everybody else can respond to your answer. Obviously, they used the last of their cap space on Joe Flacco. Obviously, Fletcher Cox is where they're going to get the money for their draft picks. There's a few other restructures that they could do or cuts, you know, Zach Ertz trade or cut, whatever it may be. Will we see the Eagles make any more signings before <laughs> the draft, or are they going to draft – and then round out their roster with the third wave of free agents. That's that, that was it. Wasn't that tough of a question? I didn't think. <laughs> no, it's not that tough. But I'm just trying to think. I was. I know there's. They have some interesting guys. Like like Chip brought up Roy. They're interested in the linebacker from the Jets. Uh, so they, of course, they're gonna have interesting guys. And, and if they really want a guy. They'll find ways to work right. around with that cap. Uh, to get to make these type of deals, I don't see any big time big time signings. If that's what you're asking, but I, well, I, we know they're not going to make any big time signings. But are they going to make a real push for someone like Neville Hewitt, or are they just going to wait? Because honestly, let, let let's admit, you know, if there's see, other teams in, in, involved, which Hewitt's got quite a few teams interested in, he, their Eagles are going to get outbid every time, right? So are well, they going to try to make a major move like that, which really isn't a major move? It all depends on what these players are looking for. If they're looking for money, yeah, then we're, we're clearly not going to be the case. If they're looking for money but also uh, a starting role or their playing time, where on some of these other teams they might not get as much an, um, of an opportunity, especially on a short-term deal to have that prove-it type of deal, then they might choose Philadelphia. I, I understand we're not the most ideal location for a lot of these free agents, but – there's only so many jobs on NFL rosters these days, so some of these players can't be choosy. If anything, if the if Howie makes some type of move, it, it's going to be some type of trade. Uh, the the fact I'll say he is a little bit of a trade wizard when it comes into the offseason, uh, in free agency around this time from players that either don't want to restructure deals or are possibly on their way out, and some of these teams that, that possibly are looking to move them. I'm surprised he wasn't on the move for Nelson uh, from the Pittsburgh Steelers before he was released, yeah. since they probably could have got him for a late uh, comp uh, late uh, round pick. So uh, I feel you're going to see one of those type of moves, especially since we still need to start another starting safety opposite of Darius Slay, and I don't see them drafting Sertan, which a lot can change from then. And uh, I'm sure they'll draft someone in the draft. Uh, at corner, but who knows if they're going to be a day one starter. All right, Chip, real I want quick. to point out, I want to point out, hold on, real before fair. you say anything, this is the second time that you have said something nice about Howie Roseman on this show. I'm counting him now. That's 
If there's a third time, you're getting thrown out of this thing. That's not what we do here. All right, so I'm going to – instead of going to you, Chip, I'm going to go to Johnny. We've already spent more than the five minutes I allotted on free agency. We're at oh, 35 well. minutes now um, so instead of the five minutes. So <laughs> anything else happening before we wrap it up and move on to the next segment? I think you can see something small. Uh, Wait. Teams are releasing out, players. Before the draft or after that. the draft? I think I think you may see one more, one or two more moves before the draft. Yeah. Okay. I, I want to talk about that comment, though. Hold on. The no big-time guys left out there. And – Tying That's into wrong. what Jeff said about the 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 free agency thing, um, especially with cornerbacks. So yes, you're I, I do still see the chance of them getting Neville Hewitt because again, tackling. But there's yeah. a lot of big name cornerbacks of the older proven variety, though. So here are some of the cornerback names still available. Richard Sherman, Steven Nelson, Casey Hayward, Malcolm Butler, uh, Jason McCordy, Nickel Roby Coleman, he's still out there, Josh Norman. So those guys are all still out there. Nelson's the best. One-year prove-it deals, that's a possibility. Some of those guys are still going to be available after the draft. Yeah. True. All right. Let, let, let's pay, pay another quick bill here real quick. 99 jerseys. 99jerseys.com. Where I got my Sugar Shane Falco. I'm going to use the same cheesy joke. He cost me a ton at the Sugar Bowl. But he will not cost you a ton if you use promo code AATBIRDS for 20% off at checkout. They've got lots of great jerseys. They've got the Al Bundy jerseys. They got Kobe High School jerseys. They got Mighty Ducks jerseys. Got lots of cool, fun jerseys. Check Bobby their Boucher. website out. Use AAT Birds. Save yourself a ton of money. Make up for your bad betting. If you bet on any of my golf picks from last night, we'll save you some money, twenty percent there by using that because all my golf picks are already trash from last night. So, <laughs> so that's a great way to really promote my show. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure Jason's still watching and laughing his laughing his ass off right now. All right, so. Back to the topic of the show. Are we the least of the East, you know, and all that kind of stuff? You messed it up that time. Get I didn't it right. have it in front of me to read it. Are the Eagles get the right. East by doing the least? There so it we is. got to do a really quick. We'll get into the Giants and the Washington football team in Dallas in more detail later in the offseason after the draft. But quickly, I want to get each of your opinions. I assigned you each a team. Oh, you did? Jeff, you? Oh, yeah. Oh, so we'll skip oh. Jeff. Jeff, you'll go second, okay? We'll go second. Jeff, you were supposed to go first. You were assigned the Giants because you picked oh. the Giants to be the breakout team last year. But we'll move on. We'll, we'll start with Johnny. I assigned Johnny the Washington football team. What have they done so far? You know, real quick, two, three minutes. You know, where's Washington now compared to the end of the year? I think they're basically the same maybe because they added William Jackson at corner. They added quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick. We know that. But, you know, they lost Fabian Moreau, Ronald Darby. They lost two linebackers, three linebackers, and Ryan Kerrigan is also going to most likely depart in free agency as well. So they are losing some players as well, and they're they're make, they're changing things around. I understand, and they got Curtis Samuel, and you know they were able to add some pieces, but to me, Curtis Samuel's I, a sneaky pick. The thing is, uh-huh. Curtis Samuel yep. is is okay. Like he's not. A great receiver for eleven million dollars a year. That, that's a little steep. He's better than people think he is because he does a lot more. He's a gadget player, but he also can run some pretty good vertical routes. He was just in a terrible situation in, in Carolina, where he really didn't get the looks and attention he deserved because of Christian McCaffrey, because of DJ Moore, and and what else in in, in that town there. And terrible quarterback play in Teddy Bridgewater. Not terrible, but not ter- not good in the sense of putting up big numbers and 
stretching yeah, the but, field, et cetera. But you have, Porkman but you have said Ryan it. Porkman agrees. I love Porkman even more. He agrees. Curtis Samuel is nasty. <laughs> love it. Yeah. yeah new, but favorite, he, new, new favorite watcher of the show right there. But you said quarterback play was, was terrible. Ryan Fitzpatrick, yeah, he'll have two or three good games, and then he'll, he'll yeah. bomb out for three, four games. So yeah. it's not we'll, really we'll saying that the quarterback play is going to be super, you know, super no, great with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I, to it's, me, it's I, think, I think they're level. And possibly their defense, you know, losing on the back end, Ronald Darby had a hell of a season. A lot of people don't want to believe that. But if you look at the numbers and you look at his play, you watch the film, he did it. He played so and, much And better. he turned that into a contract with Denver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. He you, had I, a good I, was, I, I fell asleep a little bit because you talked how good Ronald Darby is. All right, <laughs> no, he, John, Johnny's right, though. Nah, nah, nah. He, he, he had plenty of games where he got beat up, but people just want to see the one or two games where he played really well. He had plenty. Of, he had just as many bad games as he did good games last it, year. It also helped, though, that he had a front line that he did that put so much pressure on the quarterback, so it made him look better as well. So I will, I will ding on Darby there. I think the issue – no, the difference is the defensive scheme that Jack Del Rio plays fits Ronald Darby mm-hmm. and Schwartz's scheme, which we all know doesn't fit many cornerbacks that we've seen here. Just saying. <sighs> all right, Chip, are you prepared for your team? Boy, am I. Oh, boy. The Dallas <laughs> Cowboys. Where, where do they stand? Have they made any significant moves in free agency at this point? So, and uh, where, where, where do we think? So they made one move. They made one move. That It's all that matters. They locked up Dak Prescott. Yeah. They locked up Dak Prescott. They locked up the best quarterback in the NFC East. Hold on a second. I, can, I, can I counter that for a second? What you got? Before he got hurt last year, mm-hmm. were they winning a lot of football games? Ah, so that's where it ties into. Their defense was horrific. Okay. Their defense was so bad. So then you look at what moves are going to be made by the defense. So offensively, their offensive line is still really strong. We know that. Dak Which Prescott had a lot of injuries on a regular basis, just like the Eagles. Correct. Uh, it was a lot of the soft tissue stuff, which is the COVID stuff. I think having a full offseason is going to help them. Ezekiel Elliott is not the same running back he once was. However, and I said this a couple weeks ago, I think Tony Pollard is a better number one option than Ezekiel Elliott, but Ezekiel Elliott is the bigger name. Here's where the Dallas Cowboys are the best team in the NFC East right now. Their one, two, and three receivers are better than any wide receiver on the Philadelphia Eagles. Point blank. Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, they're all absolute studs. Michael Gallup's um, underrated for sure. He is exceptionally underrated. So what do they need to do? They got to fix their defense, which is has some studs, has some names. But remember, they also have the number 10 pick in the draft. So I think the Dallas Cowboys, their biggest struggle is the fact that Mike McCarthy is their head coach. Interesting. Okay. Jeffrey. I mean, I gave you the easiest team in the Giants because they made the biggest free agent move. I'm sorry, in I the don't NFC get East. You know, so I, I, should I do your work for you and talk about Kenny Galladay going to the New York Giants, or do you have anything else to talk about about the New York Giants, your favorite football? Yeah, the, the, the Giants made some moves this year, and, I was, and once again, I'll say they made enough moves. That I feel that they are going to be. Granted, the NFC East is horrendous, so it's up for grabs at this moment. But they made enough moves that I feel they. 
helps their case to that they sh- could, could be a contender in the NFC East. I'll say depending if Daniel Jones is really the quarterback of the future for the New York Giants. Like you said, they signed Kenny Galladay, a proven number one wide receiver to go along yeah. with Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, and Ev Ingram. They got another speedster for uh, in John Ross from the Cincinnati Bengals. So there's no excuse for Daniel Jones that he can't exceed next season with the amount of weapons and having uh, and returning uh, running back Saquon Barkley out of the backfield. So if he struggles next year, obviously he's not their quarterback of the future and they're going to have to move on sooner rather than later. But they also made the one weakness for the Giants besides the, their quarterback play was, of course, their defense. And they, they made a lot of defensive moves. They they stole Dory Jackson, the cornerback, uh, who already uh, loaded Giants secondary from the Philadelphia Eagles, who was trying to who they, they were trying to get yeah. from. But he now uh, is a quarterback number two on their roster with James Bradbury, along with Rebrio Peppers and uh, Xavier McKinney at safety. And then they r- were able to lock up their pass rusher. Uh, Leonard Williams, who a big three-year, $63 million deal where he's coming off 11 and a half sacks, uh, career best for him. So they're able to get some new pieces on that defensive uh, on this defense side of the ball, along with re- uh, recruiting and re- uh, returning guys that were a key focal point for them last year. So Jeff, you sounded like you prepared, yeah. actually, for a second. Yeah, like, right? you, you crammed so fast there. It's, it sounded well rehearsed. I appreciate and, and look, with Joe Judge, right, Joe Judge got something out of his players. So – you're looking at a team that wasn't supposed to do a whole lot last year, lost their stud of Saquon Barkley, and they still ended up, you know, doing what they they did. They they finished, you know, six and ten, but the whole NFC East was trash. They have the number eleven pick in the draft, so they can yep. fill in the holes. But I will say that they grossly overpaid Adoree Jackson. We, the Eagles, the Eagles could not have afforded that contract. So we. you mentioned that they stole them, but the Eagles, as soon as they were like, here are the numbers, I went, oh, that's what he wanted. We were never in that competition. But a lot, okay. a lot of teams are overpaying for these free agents, especially the top tier free agents and and premier positions, especially cornerbacks. Aren't top tier free agents? They're just being paid it because honestly, oh. if you really think about it, the They're free top tier was pool, the free agent pool this year was a little weaker overall than other oh, yeah. years. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the guys that are getting the biggest money in other years would be getting smaller contracts, in my opinion. But the but, fact that Jalen Mills and some of these other guys are getting the contracts that they are, that's what I'm saying. They're, yeah. they're, a little, they're a little bit comparable. And at least Dory Jackson, I, I feel, is a little bit more well rounded and a little bit more deserving of that type of deal than some of the guys that were getting those contracts. Right. But no, a lot but of you, these players are just signing those one year deals, too, right? They're not, yeah. they're taking a bet on themselves so that that second contract is bigger. Dory Jackson just got locked up for what was it, three, three years, 39? I think it was. You guys keep bringing up all these. Yeah, Galladay, and you got all these guys, all these officers, but you're you're forgetting one part of the Giants. And I talked it with my co-host of the Draft Talk Show, Tom, who's a big Giants fan. It's the offensive line. Andrew Thomas and Matt yes. Hurt are your tackles. Nate Solder's your swing tackle. You have Shane Lemieux. You have you got rid of Kevin <laughs> Zeitler, the guard. Leaving it up there. So, you know. The offensive line is a huge question mark. It doesn't matter who you have on the outside, who you have at your running back. Really, it doesn't matter at all. If you can't block, the offensive line is not strong and is one of your weakest points of your teams, you're not going to be successful, especially in this division when the defensive lines of these teams are very talented. Right, but, I mean, again, with the number 11 pick, knowing that that is such a weakness – 
You don't think they can put a package together and move up a couple spots and be in contention for the kid from Oregon? You know what I mean? Like they, there are why things they, that can still happen. Why would they do that? They drafted a guy last year, left tackle, early in the draft. They're not going to draft another offensive tackle that early. Right, but even They're at 11, you're, you could find a good offensive lineman, a good to great offensive lineman. Especially yeah, later but, in the drafts as well. They have bigger needs at that spot than offensive right. tackle when they have a bunch of young guys. They have a, The thing is, they're young. So they, they could they be are. a great offensive line this year because the guys could improve. But again, they may regress. You don't know. That's that's the biggest question mark for that team. And, but right, I so, will say, uh, just one more thing on the Giants, and I, this is hurting my feelings, by the way, to spend so much time talking about the other teams that I, I know. Hate. I just I want to put that out there. Um, just like the Eagles, the expectation is that our wide receivers and quarterbacks will be better because of Nick Sirianni. Joe Judge is expected to build an offensive line and the special team. Like those are supposed to be the strengths of of that team. So you can start to see that focus happening um, in year two of his program. All right. So, and, and by the way, Chip, we will spend whole episodes talking about the Giants and the the, the, the Washington football team. Unless the it's the little Giants, I'm not interested. Yeah, we're, we're moving down. We're moving on. So there's a lot of talk. Nice box. Yeah. <laughs> One time. <laughs> so two key words, and they've been floating around again a lot on the Twitter world and social media world. Are the Eagles rebuilding or retooling? There is a difference there. Based off of what these three teams have done so far, should the Eagles be looking more at the retooling versus the rebuilding? Because you can retool, <laughs> rebuild, and honestly, I know you say that the Cowboys are the, the, the best team right now, Chip, but you know it's not that hard to imagine that this division is wide open. And right. the Eagles could hypothetically – if they retooled, be back to the class of the NFC East a lot quicker than people think. So it, it depends entirely on the new coaching staff and how Jalen Hurts plays. Everything else will fall into place answering those two questions. We know the NFC East is bad. It's, it's not a question. Um, the Cowboys – were the front runner for that division last year until Dak Prescott got hurt. And then it was Ben DiNucci going in. It was Andy Dalton not having a, a good season, but then translating it into a contract. But the Cowboys didn't change a whole lot from that expected roster last year. So if Dak Prescott responds from his injury well, then they are the class of the East. You knew what Washington was because of the – absolutely um, – intimidation you knew what Washington was because they built around their defense and then the offense fell into place the Giants they're this young scrappy team they're bringing the free agents the Eagles have not gotten better the Eagles are rebuilding and if they were trying to seriously retool and compete this season then you get bigger name players you know Adams is not a big name player he's a guy that fills a gap Anthony Harris coming here on a one-year deal. Yeah, he's a good player, but it's a one-year deal, giving him the opportunity to – they don't have the money to seriously compete this year. They're just kind of going to roll out what they have and hope that it all clicks. It's year one of a new system. I don't see it clicking in year one. Maybe year uh, two, yeah. but not Johnny, year one. You know, they won four games. It's a rebuild. Winning the division with seven games is meaningless. I disagree Agreed. with that. I think whether you I win the division with four game wins, seven wins – 
12 wins, I don't think it matters. Winning the division is still winning the division. It still means playoff football. But should they be retooling versus rebuilding, Johnny? To me, I think it's to me, I think it's a retool because I don't think it's going to take as long as a lot of people think. That's my opinion. Yeah. But if you look at these young players you have on the team and this coaching staff, if they can get production out of the guys who have been drafted to mm-hmm. raise that level, plus you draft, you have a crop of new draftees, and you raise the and you get some of these players, you know, good players out of them because this coaching staff can get the talent and get the production out. How far really are you away? Because you know, in the NFL, they if they struggle this year and they have money next year to spend and get a couple guys to fill out the roster, it, it's not a four, five, six year rebuild, mass blow up, everything. It, it's it's it not take it's that a, long in re- football. It doesn't. Well, yeah, in football, that's not an option, right? Exactly. Jeffrey, the Jets. <laughs> Jeffrey, thoughts on that topic? <sighs> I, I feel the Eagles should rebuild. But what they're doing right now, they're obviously retool, uh, retooling. Just the fact that they continue to keep these older aging veterans on this roster, and I feel in Howie's mind, he saw a division last year that it only took six wins uh, to win the division. And for us to only be winning four, we're a couple, he might feel we're a couple games away. And I understand Chip's point that if they were retooling, they would be going out there and getting these big name free agents. But like we talked numerous times on the show with the limited cap space and the limited yeah, amount can. of money they, they they can't. And like, and like what Phil said, there wasn't a lot of big name free agents that are really available in this year's class, unless you're going to overpay for a guy. And we know how much Howie, he wants to make a splash, but he also looks at value for them for the most part when it comes to these deals. So I feel that they believe that they are possibly a couple pieces away and they might be able to get those pieces in the draft. If, if Jalen hurts pans out to be their franchise quarterback with everything tooling out, but I would say you look at the returning offensive line, you look at the returning defensive line, the secondary, there's a lot of veteran leadership on this team where a rebuild, it's, it's a lot of younger players. And you have players you know, who said Lance, flat out they don't want to rebuild, right? You know, you know, we talk about all these things. You know, he, Lance brought up about, you know, the unhealthy offensive line. You know, that's the key to Jalen's success. Honestly, if we don't deal with all the offensive line issues last year, if Brandon Brooks is healthy the whole year, if Lane Johnson is healthy the whole year, if we don't even need to deal with the Jason Peters problem, you know, if Andre Dillard, you know, starts the year as our left tackle, we might win six or seven games, even with all the Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts, controversy so we might be further along so our offensive line i love to talk about the trenches and how important absolutely the trenches is i think our offensive line and whether they're healthy or not is what the uh you know what's going to determine whether it's a rebuild or a retool you know the offensive line is healthy we retooled we filled a few holes here and there in the draft and free agency we're a better team next year it all comes down to the trenches and our offensive line was the biggest issue last year I, I like the comments that are rolling in. For, thank you. I, I love – and Johnny was going to be a guest on my show this week, and then I ran out of time, so I just did a solo. But Johnny's going to be coming on one of my shows coming up soon. I, I love this comment. And we've said this as a point over and over again. Look, yes, winning the division is priority one because it gets you a seat at the table. But being the best in the worst division in football doesn't mean you're a good team. I don't want to just right. I don't want to just build to sneak into the playoffs and get our asses kicked so that we have a a mid-range draft. Once you get to the playoffs, anything can happen. 
But also, except the Washington Eagles team, team is with like Tyler our Eagles Hennigy. team. Right. The Washington football team with Tyler Henneke almost beat the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Bucks. Right, but they so it does not because that our team, team led with a better crop of players getting that seven or eight wins doesn't upset. We saw the New York Giants win a Super Bowl as the sixth seed. You know, it was a wild card team. You know, nobody expected them to go far. But you know, remember, this Eagles matter. team isn't built like Washington. Our Eagles team is a weak roster right now. So exactly, they almost beat a Super Bowl I, I, champion I, 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 team. But they had a super strong defense, and they had this resilient quarterback that came out of nowhere and almost willed the team to win. The Eagles don't have that. They have, a, as of right now, an aging roster, a defense that doesn't have the fundamental skills that are going to be required the rest of the way. Look, I want to get into the playoffs always, and I'm a, I'm going to root for them all the time. The way this roster is built right now, they are not ready to compete for a Super Bowl. Okay. You can't line up the, the Buccaneers roster and the Eagles roster and say that they are in the same caliber. They're not. I want to get to that caliber and be in there for five, six, seven years. But It's a rebuild. But the thing is, you say you don't want to win seven games and make the playoffs. You want to rebuild and or and get to thirteen. But what's saying retooling and getting the production out of the young guys and getting a good draft class and getting production out of this draft class to yeah, you get seven wins and then eventually the next year or the year after you get to those twelve, thirteen wins because the quarterback took an extra step, the guys took extra steps. You can't say that you want to you yeah. want to rebuild playoff experience even if you lose in the first round. Yep. Playoff experience. For then the next year is invaluable, right? But this Eagles team made the playoffs and got you know knocked out by the Seahawks. So what happened the next season? You know they're a four-win team. But you know we we got the in with the they got knocked out by Seattle because of Jadamian Clowney. And that's I it. know you that's know it. we so, we double doinked our way to a Bears win, but we got our asses kicked the next week. So look, I, I do understand the idea of getting negative into Nancy the over there, Chipper. I understand the idea of getting into the tournament. I think my frustration isn't so much that I don't want the Eagles to win seven games and be in the in, in the playoffs. I think my frustration is I don't want any seven-win team to be good enough for the playoffs. I hate the fact that the NFC East is such a piece of shit division that a seven-win team, a six-win team can win it and be in the playoffs. That's not okay to me. That's Jeff, my before end. we wrap this segment up, any final thoughts? I know you're you're the you don't want to win the playoff, make the playoffs at six wins either. Look, if we make the playoffs, I'm not going to be against it. But like we keep, like Chip is bringing up, what does that do for you? Yeah, you get the playoff experience, but we're obviously counting on building for the future as well and getting quality talent. And that typically happens better chance than not at the top end of the draft. So if we suck, unfortunately, we have a better draft pick where if we in a crappy division, if we win it, that puts us in the late first round. And yeah, you can still get decent talent depending on the draft. But right. all, all I'm saying is we're not a Super Bowl contending team. So yeah, you want your team to win. You want your team to ultimately, the ultimate goal is win a Super Bowl. We're not there yet. That That's right. my main gripe. Just one draft thing here, right? Dallas and New York were six and 10. They are picking 10 and 11. Washington at seven and nine because they are in the wild card and they got to the playoffs. Pick 19. It yep. is a difference of nine picks. Absolutely. That's why I don't want a seven-win team in the playoffs. Okay. All right. All right. So, poll question of the week. We've been talking free agency all week, all day today. So, the poll question, if you're not following me on Twitter, at Beard and Knowledge or All About the Birds, AAT Birds, 
Um, I put out a poll question every Monday morning, sometimes Sunday night. Um, we try to get, you know, some good feedback. For those of you still watching, you know, actually our viewership's going up at this exact moment. So y'all get to chime in on the question (laughs) of the week, the poll question of the week, the worst Eagles free agent signing ever. The Eagles have made splashes in years past in free agency. And then when I wrote up the the options, I didn't even realize I was pulling guys from about the same time frame. You know, I didn't didn't go back further in time or, you know, whatever. But I wrote down as the options, Nandi Asamoah, DeMarco Murray, Vince Young, and other. There were about 300 votes. Nandi has got about 57% of the votes. DeMarco Murray has 24% of the votes. Vince Young, 17%. Other 3%, with most of those comments coming in as Byron Maxwell. Again, all <laughs> from the same time frame. So we'll start. Johnny, worst Eagles free agent signing ever. So I'm going to throw you a curveball here. So okay, I want a curveball because we've got nothing but the same answers, you know, on the poll this week. So I, I, I thought about this and I went a couple ways, but then I said, once I thought of this name back in 2009, I couldn't go anywhere else. 2009, they signed Stacy Andrews to a six year. Yeah. One person commented on the poll his name. It was Johnny. <laughs> uh, was it? Was it really? Six years, $38 million. He only started Oof. two games. And he was brought there because of his brother and his John you know, Andrews. He had some mental mental things and thinking his brother would be able to, you know, reshape him back into the Pro Bowl player, all pro player that he was years prior. That one is huge because the thing is they, they dished out that money and they let a guy named Brian Dawkins go to Denver. And there's the money. I, I'm, to me that, that just all comes into one. Because you let a, an all-pro, all-world, all-eagle. That's all a good one, man. To me, it's Stacey Andrews is by far That's one of the worst great decisions one. ever. There you go. All right, DRC, Chip. Was, DRC wasn't a free agent signing. He was a trade, so he's disqualified from that. Disqualified, Porkman. You're no longer. Porkman, we still love you, though. Person. We love you, Porkman. No, it was a big pull on your fucking name. That's why he was on the list. That's why he doesn't on the list, because he's technically a trade, not a sign. For Kevin Cobb, remember that? Yeah. All right, oh, Jeff, where are you voting for worst free agent signing ever? I'm going to go a little bit out of left field. First off, I want to say, why the hell is Vince Young even on that freaking on that list? I have an answer for that, okay? Okay, I'll hear your answer, but... I might get a little hate for this, but I'm going to go a little bit out of left field, and uh, some people might give me a little uh, gripe, but I'm going to go with Javon Kurtz. The fact that, the, the fact that we... Two articles I was reading when I was prepping. The fact that we signed him to an eight-year, $65 million contract and he couldn't eclipse over double-digit sacks at all in any of the seasons in, the, in here playing in the city of Philadelphia, that's a major letdown. Get, don't get me wrong. He was a, a little bit of a focal point when it came to that, uh, to that championship run or uh, making the Super Bowl. But the fact that Derek Burgess, uh, Burgess – uh, outperformed him in the NFC Championship game by sacking Vic three times, and then because of that, he ended up walking and going to Oakland. I would say we could use that money on him over uh, over uh, Curse. Great pull on Dirk Burgess right there. That, that was a great. It's a great pull because he was a big disappointment to see him leave for the Raiders. Very big disappointment. Yeah, he was. A, he, he, I believe he's a Pro Bowler, almost borderline All Pro, double digit sacks with the Raiders Absolutely. for a season or two. 
so like I'm, it. I'm, I like it. So we're getting some different different answers here. I like it. All right, Chipper, before I talk about Vince Young, go for so it. So I'm going to go to your list because your list okay. has some great things. So <laughs> it, it to me, it doesn't surprise me that Namdi and DeMarco are, your, are, are the one and two because yeah. Namdi was heralded as this, you know, this Daryl Revis type lockdown corner. Absolutely. And then you have to go, y'all, he played for the Raiders. He was the best corner on a horrific team, and we paid him an excessive amount of money. And he it was sucked. the wrong scheme. It was the wrong. It scheme. was. Uh, don't but start with this. I was at that press conference when they announced the Nandi signing at, at Lehigh. Oh yeah. Joe Banner thought he just hit the freaking lottery. He was, was doing jumping jacks. He, you never see Joe Banner at a press conference. That was <laughs> one that he showed up at. So, but I voted when I did your poll. For DeMarco Murray. And it's for a very simple reason, full of Cowboys hate. When we did our naughty and nice, you know, two and a half hour extravaganza show around the holidays. A long show. DeMarco Murray was on the naughty list. Why? Because he was an absolute monster stud Dallas Cowboy. And then he comes here and he's still playing for the Dallas Cowboys because he sucks so very hard. He was awful. The fact that his ass came out, he fumbled. He ran for negative yardage. He was a different Chip, player. Trivia question. Who's the other running back no. he signed that year? Uh, Ryan Matthews. Yeah, ding, ding. Come on now. Come on now. Dream <laughs> Team Part 2. Dream <laughs> Team Part 2. Yeah, uh, Ronnie Brown that year. <laughs> yeah. So DeMarco Murray, to me, takes the cake simply because – he was a cowboy, and he was an, a covert, undercover cowboy when he was a Philadelphia Eagle. Yeah, so on DeMarco Murray, real quick, he tied I, – I, I was just trying to Google search it. I saw this stat, you know, when I was doing my research for this poll, I, I, and I can't, I can't find it now. He tied Keith Byers' record. Whatever his yards per average per attempt were with the Eagles' DeMarco Murray that year, it tied Keith Byers' record for the lowest – Yards per carry for someone with 175 rushes or more in Eagles history. But he won That's the rushing title the year before. Eagles back in the 80s and early 90s had awful running backs in that Buddy Ryan, Richie Kotek. They did not care about the running game at all. They had some awful running backs. And DeMarco Murray tied the record from Keith Fire. So, you know, it was like 3.6 yards per carry or something like right. that. You know, but he had won the rushing title the year before. So to me, yeah. it's DeMarco Murray. And also, I'm sorry. That wasn't no, my fault. Dallas ruined Other him. Chip. Yeah, that's <laughs> oh, that Dallas other guy. Dallas ruined him the year <laughs> before by rushing him 400 times or whatever the astronomical right. number and was. And that's like when we talk about someone like Miles Sanders, and I keep talking about like tread on the tires, tread on the tires. Look, Miles Sanders has very low tread on the tires because he True. didn't run a lot for Penn State. He hasn't run a lot for us. He still has a lot of mileage. DeMarco yep. Murray – was used and abused, and a used car salesman sold us on DeMarco Murray. So, yeah, but I think just keep I, that in I mind think, when we talk I running backs. Other, well, we'll leave this comment was, up because the chip times for the chip years ever since I joined all about the birds. Yeah, I agree. The dark times here. <laughs> ever true. since I joined all about but the birds. I think I, I think what makes it worse is he goes to Tennessee and has over twelve hundred rushing yards with. The yeah, because he was covert hating on us. Even when he went to his next team, it was like he had middle child syndrome was, of his career. Look, he, he was used the wrong way here, obviously. Yeah. Marco right. Murray was not meant to be in a shotgun formation, you know, oh, you know, stretch plays. He's a pounded up the middle kind of guy. Um, so I want to touch on Namdi 
and Byron Maxwell, which was the main comment all the time. Byron Maxwell. I don't know about you guys. And you're Vince Young. I want to hear your reason. Yeah, I want to hear your reason. Vince Young. I want to hear your reason. I get to Vince Young. So Byron Maxwell, I knew was going to be a bust here. I knew he was a product of the system. Two great cornerbacks next to him. Great linebackers. The Legion of Boom. We could see that. <laughs> Greg Gore, was he ever actually a free great agent? Comment. No, great he, comment. Didn't, he didn't show up to the day to sign the contract, Frank Gore. Great comment. That's why he wasn't, you know. So anyway, Namdi, I think, was probably, without my joke on Vince Young, you know, the biggest disappointment. Because, like you said, Chip, when we, when we, I was, when we signed Namdi, I was like, I was jumping. I was like, we're, win, we're winning a title we're here. Stoked. All of us were. It's great. But Vince Young, Vince Young uttered one phrase oh. and ruined an entire <laughs> franchise. <laughs> I honestly think that year we might have gone far if Vince Young did not utter the phrase. What was the phrase, guys? Dream team, uh, baby. Dream team. Dream, dream team. Dream team. Uh, I'm sorry. Sleeper team? Dream team? Dream what team. Dream team. As soon as he said those words, we are the dream team. I knew the season was over at that point. The season was over. How did a backup quarterback ruin an entire team? You had you had drama way before Vince Young opened his mouth. Well, you had going, you had going to that or going to that training camp after they officially traded Kevin Cobb to get DRC. You had the question of who's going to be your starting corners. I was saying you're going to move on from Sheldon. You're going to move on from uh, you're going to move Lido. on from, from Lido. Uh, so there was always the question mark there uh, with those guys. And then, of course, the Stacey and, Stacey and Sean Andrews BS. So I don't know. It, it was, I think Vince Young, I, I, think, I don't think it's as far-fetched as people think to be on this list of worst signings. I mean, look, he got 17% of the votes so far. That's almost, that's almost 60 votes. But the so thing is, people, people remember the comments. People remember the comment, but when it comes to the f- worst free agent signings, you look at the deals and expectations and whether they no, lived up to those expectations. The yeah, you look at the results of the team, and Vince Young ruined the team. And again, it ties into look what they did before they came here, right? When he played for Tennessee, he was a very, very good quarterback in this league. So what did they do? They bring in a guy who let's – you know, let's see if he can help out as a backup quarterback. I did have one other comment for a, for a free agent signing that was an awful signing, and I just want to shout it out because, you know, it's a joke kind of because he isn't a free agent signing, he, but he was signed to a contract at some point, and that was Howie Roseman. Um, so I just Ugh. one person that shouted that out. I don't even remember who it was on Twitter. You know, Howie Roseman, not the worst free agent signing, but maybe a pretty bad signing in uh, – Jeffrey Lurie, you know. Howie Roseman but, is a goddamn hemorrhoid. He just won't right. go away. I, 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 still not the worst. The fact that he helped us in one year, made all the right decisions to get the Super Bowl. So, Look at this guy. That's a chip. That was the third That's time. That's three. He He's going. That's it. Mute his mic for the rest of the show. There we go. He's out of here. Oh, man. All right. Let's wrap this party up, guys. Again, thank you all for tuning in. Another episode of All About the Birds, the weekly report. The flagship show on the network here. we got to thank our sponsors again, Hemp Bombs. Uh, HempBombs.com, AAT Birds, 20% off. You know, great CBD product, high quality, 99 jerseys, 99jerseys.com, AAT Birds, again, for 20% off. Great jerseys on their website. We have some other sponsorships that we're working. I know, Chip, I'm getting there. It's on the agenda. You know, <laughs> we've got one thing at a time, Chipper. 
Okay. Don't get ahead of yourself. If you excited. have a company or a, a, something that you need your word get out, reach, put out there to people, reach out to us. You know, we have lots of different sponsorship packages and we can customize anything to whatever your business or, you know, brand needs uh, to get the word out there. We got a lot of people watching this show on a regular basis, reading our website. We can get that product out there. Reach out to one of us. Um, of course, check out our website for all our great content from our writers. We've got uh, Dave and Adam doing great work covering all of the uh, Pro Day press conferences. We've gotten on the Zoom calls for all of them. Because big things are happening all about the birds. We're getting Zoom invites now. We haven't gotten the Eagles Zoom invite yet, but we're getting all the, the Pro Day press conferences. They're doing great work covering that. So check out all that content on our website. Links to the audio versions of all these shows uh, for Spotify, Apple, iTunes, you know, iHeartRadio. All that stuff's on our website. And, of course, our store where our great shirts are for sale, like Chip's Wearing, like these great designs that we've built here. You know, check out aatbirds.com slash shop to purchase the gear, purchase in the shirts. Not only are you going to get a great shirt, hat, hoodie, whatever it may be, but you're going to support us to continue to help us to grow. Finally, if you're interested in joining the team, hit one of us up. We're always looking for more people to join our team. Big things happen. If you're interested in writing Sixers, Phillies, Flyers, anything like that, MMA, anything you want to write about, join the team. We're not just Eagles. We're all about the Eagles and all about the birds, but we're all about all Philly sports and all about sports in general. Um, so definitely hit us up. Again, thank you, Julie. Thank you to everybody. You know, all the new viewers that were tuning in tonight, we appreciate it. Stay tuned tomorrow night. Chip and I, we're going to do an NBA trade deadline recap show, emergency show. We'll see what happens with the Sixers and the rest of the NBA tomorrow. We'll be right here live on the All About the Birds Network at 8 p.m. I don't Lonzo know. Ball, I out. What's that? Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball. I was going to say, I'm going to reach out to Joe and Bede and Ben Simmons are my boys. I got a direct line. I'm going to try to get them on the show. Hold, Don't hold your breath on that. I'm just kidding. Um, as always, next show on the network after that will be Saturday. Draft Talk. Any guests, Johnny, on Saturday night? Uh, no guests. Uh, we're just going to talk about the pro days, some, you know, Big numbers that are coming out of these pro days. So a lot of huge numbers. Yeah, you know, who was the dude, the five seven guy that had that in, in you know insane uh, yeah. leap? I mean that Ron, that's insane. Rondell Moore from Purdue. Yeah, that was that was an insane vertical leap for a short man. Then of course, then we got Monday night. We got chips and dish. What's the plan on Monday night for chips and dish? Nothing. I'm going to try. So I'm actually going to try to write an agenda up this time. See if I can get Johnny Higgins, who was one of our commenters tonight, to join. Um, Former uh, Wissahick and Trojan like myself, and uh, we're going to reminisce about high school and also just try to get through another Eagles conversation because, holy crap. And also watch my bracket get destroyed even more. I just want to share this. Yeah, I got to share this. The next thing I said, for all those in the bracket challenge, Chip's wife is yeah. cheating to win the bracket. He has She's not cheating. to change all her brackets. She is not. So, again, we did the whole big Chips and Dish show where me and my wife picked brackets live on the air. As of right now, out of like four, I think it's like 50 or 46 entries, whatever it is, my wife is number one. She is beating all of us alleged smart uh, host sports people. I'm in like 42nd place, but I'm still three out of four of my final four teams. So you're saying there's a chance. There's always a chance when you're saying there's a chance. Tuesday night, fair way to have him, me and uh, Jason. We got a huge special guest. I'm going to drop a little hint. I don't have it confirmed yet, but I'm going to drop a little hint. So I'm 87.4% sure he's going to be on the show on Tuesday night, 9 p.m. It's a guy, he's going to coach us on how to build better fantasy lineups. 
somebody, some people might know if you follow the PGA Tour and you know who the coach is on the PGA Tour and on PGAtour.com, that's my hint. He's going to be on our show at 9 o'clock on Tuesday night. Um, breaking down Valero. What's that? Spoiler alert. That's just a spoiler alert. It's not a spoiler alert. It's a prediction. Not, not a prediction. It's a fact. Whatever. Whatever Heyman says all the time. I was trying to do something there. Anyway, again, thank you all for tuning in. This is the All About the Birds flagship show, the weekly report. I am Phil Stifle, Mr. Fantastic, Chip Keggy, the Human Torch. We got Jeff Warner, the Invisible Man, and Johnny Uleka, the Thing. We are the Fantastic Four. And as we end every show, go Birds. Go, go Birds. birds.